0: Hi, you're now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. We're happy to bring you sermons like this one every week. You can find other sermons at our site at harvest-community.org. So without further ado, here's our speaker. All right, welcome everybody. Again, we're going to be going into um, the time of the message. Um, and we have a guest speaker today. And I just want to share a few things before he comes up here. Um, His name is Lester Cruzette, and he's a good friend of mine. And he's actually the assistant pastor over at ICC um, at our sister church. And one thing about him is we have so many similarities. Uh, He's another Filipino-American pastor, and it's it's rare to see Filipino-American pastors. So I'm so blessed to, to have been just sharing a faith journey and even just walking with one another as pastors. Every single time that I I hang out with Pastor Lester, I leave so encouraged, so full of love. Um, We like to laugh a lot, and he's been such a blessing to me. Just some background about him. Uh, He gave his life to Jesus when he was in high school. He currently lives in Glenview. He has his uh, beautiful wife, Grace, and blessed with two children, Hannah and Joseph. Some of the things that he, he loves to do is lots of sports. Uh, martial arts, um, and just he loves candy. So kids, he he loves candy just like you. He was once a high school teacher, high school science teacher. Um, he's done a lot of things in ministry, from being a college pastor to a lead pastor in the St. Louis area, and also a church planner in Chicago. And one of the biggest things about him, though, is he loves the Word of God. And I truly see in the way that he shepherds at ICC that. He has a heart of a shepherd, and that he cares about people, and he loves to disciple, and he just wants to see people fall in love with Jesus as well. So with that, can we introduce and welcome Pastor Lester at this time?
1: Uh, Thank you, Jeff, for those words. You, you to me, definitely are, man, the tallest Filipino I've ever met, so I mean, yo, I love you, man. (laughs) Um... I, I do wish I could, uh, I could have joined you for the picnic. Unfortunately, last week I, was, I found myself um, all of a sudden struck with body chills. Uh, I found myself in my office in front of my space heater for like a couple of hours and uh, just uh, shivering uh, with body aches and I could hardly move. And so um, praise the God that I'm here. Unfortunately, though, um, I decided to share it with my wife. And uh, she is currently ill in bed, so I have to tend to her and my kids. And again, sorry, just I, I would love to join you for uh, for that picnic. So, um, it's to my understanding that we have uh, a lot of um, pretty much the generations here in this service together. And so, um, really quick, just are uh, our, our um, see children ministry? Are you here? Give me a woo. One two three. Ooh, all right. That uh, that sounded like an adult. <laughs> all right, that. All right. Um, let's let's go. Elementary one, first uh, or like uh, let's do junior high. Junior high, junior high. You're here. Say yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you're right here. Okay. Junior high, you're here. Uh, high school. High school. If you're here, go. Oh yeah. Count three. One two three. Oh, right there. Nice. Let's keep going. Um. College. Co- is college here? I don't know. Uh, if you're college, if you're here, say woo! One, two, three. Oh man. Alright. Um let's do uh uh young professionals, those who are working. Um uh, go uh, if you're here, go whoa whoa. Alright ready? One, two, three. Oh man, nice. One more, one more. If you're if you're 40 and above. I want you to go, oh, all right, because that's, that's life, right? One, two, three. Oh, oh. I'm, I'm there with you. That's, that's, that's what I'm in. Okay. Again, thank you for having me. Um, today, I do want to talk about uh, a topic that, um, that actually uh, I was convicted by because it's something actually that I needed in the course of this past year, and uh, that's friendship. Okay, it's friendship. And so uh, just take a look at this video really quick. And then uh, we'll get on with it. All right. All right. Uh, really quick, let's get some uh, participation, crowd uh, participation here. Uh, based, on, based on what you just saw, right, Uh with those two um, random animals becoming friends, what are some, what are some things that uh, can tell us about friendship through what you just saw? All right. Some words or phrases. You guys, you guys do that? You guys, uh, during sermons, talk. What was that? Affliction, oh. oh, that's huge, right? Trial affliction brings, brings people together and even forms friendship. That's awesome. Thank, thank you, thank you, Bob. Yeah, anybody else? That's a good one. What? Yes. Oh, my gosh, differences. Different. A lot of times we look at friendship as uh, what we have in common, right? But differences, actually. Some of my best friends, we are so different. We have nothing in common. I married one, right? <laughs> we have nothing in common. Uh, anyone else? One more? Proximity. Okay, yeah. You're, you're close. Yeah, they're close, right? A bird can't fly. The dog can't walk. They can't, they can't do anything. right? right. They're just stuck together, right? So, yes. Oh, so awesome quality, right? Very true. Those are the qualities that are true of friendship. I do want to talk about what the Bible says about friendship and how important that is actually to our spiritual lives, our, our journey in Christ as Christians. Right? So let's start here, Okay. Uh, Proverbs 18.24 says, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Uh, Just one observation from this is that um, we can observe that there is what? A friend, right? A friend, right? Where friendship is, uh, it actually can be pretty rare, right? It actually can be pretty rare. Uh, True friendship can be. Uh, not so common, okay? In fact, studies show that we, on average, have the capacity of only, man, about five, right? Five inner circle friends. Five inner circle friends, okay? All right, next one, Proverbs 27, 5, 6, all right? Uh, An open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. No one, no one can see themselves clearly. You can be, a genius, right. and you can know a lot, but you can't know all things. Right. You can't know everything, because you don't know right? what you don't know, um, whether it's the inner thoughts, the heart condition. Right. You, sometimes you don't even know how you come off to others. Okay. A true friend decides right. against hidden love and, and just leaving you be, right. but... Gives revealing love that is heartfelt, soul-level words of guidance and counsel centered on your good. Right? If you're still um, under your parents' influence, um, probably a little bit around the junior high area, um, you might be still accepting your parents' words. Right, those are the words that will be guiding you. Those are the guys that you. Those are the words that you probably be listening to. But what about the rest of us? Right, what about those who have moved on from their parents' household, or those that don't want to hear from their parents anymore. Who do you have in your life, right, as able to give you those kinds of words, hard words, right? Words that where they're actually risking their relationship with you, willing to hurt you, to better you, right? Because if we're left to our own devices, what actually happens is that the worst version of us actually comes out. Without, without words from others that we need to hear, the worst version of ourselves can come about. Right? A friend gives timely and sometimes difficult, wound-inducing words so that you can flourish. All right. So we have, we have, we have um, a friend is rare, right? Probably one to five in your lives, you know? Uh, a, a, a friend is willing to challenge you and to give you hard words so that you can grow. And lastly, we'll do this one. Uh, let's look at probably the most well-known friendship in the Bible. Uh, if we look at the book of uh, 1 Samuel 18.1, it actually describes the nature of David and a good friend that he developed with uh, a man named Jonathan says this in verse 1, As soon as he finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Their souls were molded together like two metals welded, melted together. They were like stitched together, making different types of fabric into one beautiful quilt, right? a closeness like no other between them. So good friends find a deep and affectionate bond for one another. Let's keep going with this, with this characteristic of friendship. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. A friend is one who loves at all times, right? They don't just dip their head in and out of your lives, right? They don't just pop their head in and, and just say, hey, are you doing? And then you're in trouble and they go, I'm out, right? No, no. Even in your darkest moments, in your lowest valleys, they are actually there, right? They will rise to the occasion in your times of desperation and despair. Proverbs 27.10, do not forsake your friend and your father's friend and do not go to your brother's house in the day of your calamity. Better is a neighbor who is near than a brother who is far away. All right, let's take an inventory here. If we look at those three verses, right? And there's plenty of others in the Bible. You go First Samuel 18, Proverbs 17, Proverbs 27. If you look at the language that they're using, what are they using? Knit to soul. Love at all times. Do not forsake. This is all what we call covenantal language. Covenantal language. But what do I mean by covenantal? What do I mean by covenantal? Covenantal. There are covenantal relationships and there are contractual relationships, right? Covenantal and contractual. Right? Say with me: covenantal. One, two, three. Say contractual. One, two, three. Contractual. We have many contractual relationships in our lives, right? Students to teachers, bosses to employees, uh, a hairdresser to their client. An Amazon to the online buyer, right? If you don't have the skills of a hairdresser, right, and you're looking to cut someone's hair and style their hair, and you're hired to do so, and you claim to the client, "Oh, I can, let's do it," right? You do, and you do them wrong by messing up, right? What happens to that transaction? Do do you even get paid? A client. Uh, your credit card on Amazon is expired, so you can't buy the thing that you want anymore. Right? The agreement is off all of a sudden. Okay? Um, you, you don't pay your car loan or mortgage on time. Right? You lose the car. You lose the house. Right? If, so what I'm trying to say is if either party in an agreement, right, or the person or the company or the store, the service, if either side can't fulfill an agreement, the relationship, the connection, is actually done. It's done so. Okay? A contract says, if you don't hold up your side of the bargain, if you don't hold up your side of the agreement, we're through. We're done. Okay? A contract depends on two parties to fulfill their obligations. But the survival of a covenant now, okay? a covenant, depends on only one of the sides fulfilling the agreement. Okay? They agreed to make good of their responsibilities and duties, regardless whether the other keeps the agreement or not. It, a contract takes two people to make it work, right? A covenant actually takes one, one side of it to work. Contracts are conditional. Covenants are unconditional. Uh, a contract is an agreement. A covenant is a promise. Contracts look to be fair. Covenants look to fulfill. uh, Contracts are based on legality, and covenants are based on relationship. Finally, contracts tend to be consumeristic. Covenants tend to bend towards commitment. A friendship is a covenant between two individuals. So, gathering all that together, let's, let's have one simple definition of friendship that we could find as we sum these things up. A biblical friendship could be this rare relational bond of affection that is built on and thrives on truth, right, words of truth, trial, like your brother Bob said, trial, and covenantal trust. A wise TikTok video once taught me, truly great friends are hard to find, difficult to leave, and impossible To forget. Do you have this? Do you have this? Because we need friendship more than ever, right? The loneliness pandemic has gotten so bad. It has gotten increasingly bad due to a reported increasing lack of meaningful friendships Studies tell us more than three to five Americans, uh, three out of five Americans, to, uh, claim to have no one they can confide in. We are now being warned by experts that loneliness is worse than smoking, obesity, lack of access to health care, physical inactivity, and this disease is actually spreading like wildfire people are leaning more and more on non-living objects and technology to find relief from the loneliness. And this dependence is only increasing with the rising of AI, replacing the need of human interaction and intimacy. It's gotten so bad, actually. I don't know if you knew this, but the United Kingdom even commissioned a minister of loneliness to address unhealthy isolation. What? We live in a hyper-individualistic culture that diminishes good friendships and creates and feeds loneliness. We are saturated with technology. As one author puts it, trading deep communion for digital communication. We live in an age with increasing transiency, investing in relationships that need time to develop, only to have them taken away by a better job, better schools, with better weather, hundreds of miles away from one another, right? And then what happens? The depths of our being actually groans, right? Longing for connection, our most loneliest of times, speaks to what? It actually speaks to something that is right, right? The importance of friendships, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, for those in and outside the faith, everyone needs someone they feel safe with, someone they can trust and someone they can confide in. Your physical, and I'll stand by this statement, right? Your physical, mental, and spiritual life is at risk when it comes to having a lack of life-giving friendships. It's at risk. Okay. I went to a pastor's retreat not too long ago. It was a Thrive Retreat, and the timing couldn't, ha- couldn't, it couldn't have been better. There was a moment in the schedule where we split up in pairs, and I was, I was paired up with one of the pastors one of, our, uh, of the network, and we had a time of sharing with one another. Right? We had a time of sharing with another. And I was sharing with one of this pastor. His, his name will go unknown. We'll just call him Lave D. Okay, Lave D. And it felt like a mirror image. It felt like I was talking to a mirror image. We are both, if you know Enneagrams, we're both Enneagram 7s. Okay, And I was... I won't get into that, I don't have that much time to talk about that, but it was like I was talking to just someone that was, it's, the likeness was uncanny, and it was such a gift to me, because I was able to actually uh, vomit, almost pour out just all this stuff that was like brewing inside of me, and, and questions, and, and, and confusion, and things that were just stuffed in me that I just haven't shared with anybody, and one of the questions was that I was given was like, why, why haven't you shared this with anybody in a while? And you know what? When after sharing these, I felt so good, so peaceful, so so energized, feeling balanced and centered again. As I continued to reflect during that retreat, I discovered that I had not connected with friends that I used to have deep, revealing conversations with in a long, long time. The oxygen of friendship, it was just, it was not accessed in so long And that those connections were bypassed and put in the back burner because I allowed the busyness of life to consume me, suffocate me, and cut off those much-needed relationships. And from it, I had a dose of not only what it feels like to be lonely, but the detrimental and damaging effects of a lonely heart. I was lonely, and it needed to be shared and dealt with. If we just take some time to maybe just slow down, you know, from our busy schedules. Filled with deadlines, chores, mouths to feed, mortgages to pay, hobbies, and extracurricular activities to enjoy. If we just stop, I mean, just for like, a, maybe for a good moment. You might unexpectedly encounter within yourself on a deeper level this fear that we all share. A fear that says, I am really all by myself. You might even claim to have long-time friends, but you find that it's been a very, very long time since you practiced deep friendship together. Maybe for you, the sharing of hopes and dreams, inner struggles, and revealing the true condition of your soul, all that just hasn't happened for weeks, months, even years. And then maybe it's time to reawaken some of those life-giving friendships. For others, maybe it's time to find These friends. You see, the first problem that entered into creation, it was not idolatry, right? We know it. Genesis 2 18, what what does it say, right? It's not good for man to be alone. The, The first problem that entered creation was isolation. And God never meant for it to happen that way. He never meant for people to be lonely. It is this gift of deeply connected company that brings completion to his creation. Right? He didn't make just one fish. He didn't make just one bird. What he made? He made an abundance of them. Right? This perfect God, who is, whose love within him is perfect. Right? The, the, he is the perfect community. Perfect friendship is found within himself, and he decided to share that. Right? He's just like I want people to know what this friendship is like, so I'm going to create. I'm going to create. To press the point further, God did not create us because he needed us. He created us because he wanted to share that love. Right? In your loneliness, you are not weak or flawed. Okay? In, we're, we're talking about theologically. In your loneliness, you're not, you're not messed up Right? in that way. It's pointing out how you were made. God made you in the image for friendship. You were made for friendship. The first time I experienced the sheer power of the covenant of friendship was the fall of 2018. Me and my family suffered, uh, man, this always happens, uh, me and my family excruciating, uh, suffered excruciating inner pain and hurt and disorientation, utter shock and sadness as we were asked to leave our church family in Chicago Wicker Park after just planting it a year and a half in. If you ever felt the grief of losing something, or felt the sting of rejection, maybe the loss of a dream, and as a result, the loss of purpose and worth, that's that's what I was soaking in. I, I felt like no one wanted me, not even God. I was alone. The following day, I received a call from one of my closest friends who lives out in California, and he has been on this whole journey with me and now listens intently to this heartbreaking news of this loss of a job. After, I, after the following day of, of being let go, this was that call. Through our talk, he enters with me in pain. He sits under the cloud of grief with me and then asks me, hey, bro, you and the whole family, why don't, you, why don't you fly out here? Come to California and rest and heal, man. Me and my family would love to have you. <clears throat> the invitation caught me off guard, and I was floored with a deep sense of gratefulness. From the combined finances with two other close friends out there, my family and I were on a plane to to begin our road of recovery through the care, laughter, embrace of some faithful friends. Man, friendship, a rare relational bond of affection that is built on and thrives on truth, trial, and covenantal trust. You know, what is amazing is that the creator of all things, right? our Lord, our all-powerful, majestic, holy God, calls us, right? he, he, he calls us friends. What? John fifteen twelve to 15. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants for the servant does not know what his master is doing but I love I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You see Jesus here was talking to his disciples and he was explaining that the sacrifice and death on the cross was the greatest act of friendship. Okay. And I love, why is this, why, why is this happening? Be, okay, um, I love live demonstrations, all right? And so as I, as I was saying, Jesus was saying, you're my friends, and, and that the cross was the greatest expression from the greatest friend, Jesus Christ. I could try to do it like this. Can I switch it? Oh, yes. All right, here we go. Um, um, There was a time when friendship with God was just perfect, clean. It was almost as clean as this. It was almost as clean as this, um, right? This glass of uh, just fresh water, okay? Hold on a second. Okay. And, And that friendship was beautiful. It was intimate. It was awesome, right? Our hearts... It was just open and clean right, to have this relationship with God. Right? But we've decided otherwise. Right? And there was ways in which we messed up our friendship with God. Can you help me out here? What are some ways in which we offend, in which we violate the covenant of friendship, in which we hurt? What are some ways that we do that against someone who even brings out the invitation of friendship, right? What, what have we done? What have we done? It doesn't have to be a time of confession. It could be like a, more of a general thing, but help me out. What have we done to just mess with this friendship with God? You could just yell it out. Lie. That? lie. lie. Oh, lie. What else? Gossip. Gossip. Oh, gossip. Hurting the heart of God, right? What else? What else? Disobedience. Oh my goodness, it's getting worse. What else is going on? Pride. Oh, pride. Yeah, that's a big one. Pride. What else? Couple more. Jealousy. Jealousy. Oh, man. Oh, I got identified with that one. That one's got like four squirts. What else? Judgment, yikes, man. Judgment. Man, listen, we've done so many things to mess up our relationship with God, so many things that polluted our hearts, so many walls between us and the Lord, right? And we offended him over and over and over again, right? But remember, what did I say about covenants? How many people does it take to make a covenant work? One, right? And as you can see from this, we failed pretty mightily, right, in our friendship with God, right? We preferred other things besides him, right? We know it, right? We fail over and over again, right? But what does our faithful, covenantal God do, right? What does Jesus, as we talked about those verses, what did he do, right? He said, the greatest, as your friend, the greatest act that I'm going to do is, I'm going to take this cross. I'm going to take this cross, and I'm going to be the faithful one. I'm gonna be the faithful one. Right? And I'm gonna die, right? And my blood is gonna cleanse you. And I am going to restore, right? That friendship, right? That friendship that you failed in. Right? Man. I'm gonna I'm gonna succeed. Right? I'm gonna succeed. Brothers and sisters, listen. This is our greatest friend, Jesus Christ. He calls us friends, and he's made a way to reestablish our friendship with him. Amen? Amen. And it's this Jesus, right, through his death and resurrection that empowers us, that empowers us to be not only to be friends with God and great friends with one another. Drew Hunter, from his book, Made for Friendship, says this. Jesus is our Savior. He is our King. He is also our truest friend. And when we press into this, here's what we find. The greatest power of becoming a better friend is being befriended by the best friend. And the cross becomes the way to a new life of covenant friendship with Jesus, with God, and, who, and one who calls us friends. And his friends... And as his friends, his friends empowers us to be good friends, find good friends, and keep good friends. So may the echoes of his voice proclaiming, it is good, it is good, reign across creation through his people showing what true friendship with Jesus looks like to the watching world. Let's pray. I just have a couple of requests for us to um, make together. Uh, The first one is this. If it's been a while since you have been acquainted to your best friend, the greatest friend, Jesus Christ, could you do that right now? And if you could, in your heart, just take a moment and just make space, make time, and just remember the faithfulness of your greatest friend, Jesus. Please reacquaint yourself with him during this time. At the same time, if you have never known Jesus as your friend, as your Savior, and as your Lord, you actually can do that right now. You can say, Lord, I want what that glass of water, I see that's what my heart is like, but even just visually seeing what you have done as a covenantal God, to break in with your death and resurrection for your blood to spill so that I can have a friendship with you I want that right? you can do that right now too and establish a new relationship right, with Jesus I invite you to do that if you've never known Jesus as your friend so sons and daughters of God reacquaint yourself with Jesus And anyone who is searching, here's your opportunity now to say, if convicted, if if led, if you're ready, Jesus, be my friend, be my Lord, you are my Savior, okay? Let's take a moment and pray those things. maybe one more and as Jesus Christ has called us friends uh, if you could pray for yourself and I want to pray for all of you and um, and even for our, our your sister church my church ICC that um, that if it's been a while that you have connected with good friends could you please do that please do that. And find God's provision through who he's provided you with. And regain your spiritual, mental, emotional health, again, even through the gift of friendship. And for some of us, it's been hard to find. If you can't think of anybody that fits this description of biblical friendship. Could you pray to God and say, "Lord, could you please by your goodness and grace, could you help me find these friends? Help me. Give me the courage to move forward and ask. Give me wisdom. Or or Lord, by your grace, bring them. Because I need it." Let's have these horizontal prayers right given. If you have these friendships, praise the Lord and celebrate that, right? Praise Him. You're blessed to have that in your life. Okay, let's pray that. Pray those things, right? Wherever you're at, in the horizontal plane of relationships, wherever you're at, pray for these things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, through your Son, you've commanded us to love one another as you have loved us, as you have loved us. And how have you loved us, Lord? With a great and amazing love right? that was exemplified by the giving of your Son, who laid down his life for who, Lord? His friends. You laid down your life for us so that the covenant of friendship can be established and given forever. You have called us friends and we are blessed. And so I pray, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, by the strength of your word, I pray, Lord, that we more than ever Would see you, experience you as a friend who is faithful, who is intimate, who is close, who cares. And from that intimacy, may we, Lord, love each other with that same kind of veracity, that same kind of strength. I pray, Lord, for those who need friends provide that for them I pray Lord for those who have not connected in a long time may they reconnect I pray Lord as you've called us friends that friendship will reign with you and with one another for your glory we thank you Lord for your grace we praise you In the name of our friend, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.